This is Brother Michael A. Smith, a voice for Freemasonry, bringing to you the Short Talk Bulletin, published by the Masonic Service Association of North America every month since 1923. This, the Short Talk Bulletin podcast, is produced in cooperation with the MSA and is made possible with the generous support of a grant from the Grand Lodge AFNAM of Minnesota. This is Brother David Kahn's of United Lodge Number 8, Brunswick, Maine, presenting to you Volume 82, Number 11, November 2004, Some Masonic Poetry. Rudyard Kipling and Robert Burns dominate Masonic poetry. The following poems were chosen to introduce our new readers and listeners to a few Masonic poems, not as well known, but still very meaningful. Our Vows. The following poem has been used for years, but its origin has been a mystery. Variously called The Canadian Charge, or On Yonder Book, MSA found it in a book titled A Treasury of Masonic Thought, published in 1957. Edited by Carl Glick, the author is listed as attributed to Rob Morris. In Mason's Lodge with darkened eyes and cable toe about me, I swore to hail all mysteries that Masons keep and Masons prize. All brothers' secrets whispered low, all words they speak and things they do in mystic manner taught me. On yonder book, that oath I took. And will I break it? Never. I'll stand by this, and this, and this, forever and forever. I swore to answer and obey all summons made me duly. By brother hand or lodge array, I swore that I would never stray. From ancient laws and rules that bound Freemasons in the days renowned, but would observe them truly, I'll stand by this, and this, and this, forever and forever. I swore in charity to care for all in sorrow hidden. My brother on the darkened square, his widow with disheveled hair, his sorrowing orphan doomed to stray upon a long and desolate way while tears gush forth unbidden. I'll stand by this and this and this forever and forever. I swore to deal in honesty with each true heart around me. That honor bright should always be unbroken bond twixt him and me. Nor guile, nor wrong, nor cruel fraud should break or loose that holy cord with which my vows have bound me. I'll stand by this and this and this forever and forever. I swore the chastity to shield of woman true and tender, of Mason's widow, wife and child, his mother, sister, undefiled, those pure and innocent whose love make Mason's homes like heaven above. I am the sworn defender. I'll stand by this and this and this forever and forever. I swore to guard the portals close to the Masonic temple, to purge the quarries of their dross, to build the mystic walls of those in body perfect, honest heart, and mind mature in moral art. By precept and example, I'll stand by this and this and this 
forever and forever. These were our vows. Be these our care, and may such light be given, an answer to our earnest prayer, that we may always do and dare all that God's gracious laws enjoin. And so, as life's last shades decline, we may be found in heaven. On yonder book, those vows we took, and let us break them never. Let's stand by this, and this, and this, forever and forever. The Building of Solomon's Temple In history, we read of a Freemason king. The glory of Israel, his praise let us sing. He who built the great fabric, as we understand, on the Mount Moriah in Jerusalem. He who conquered Goliath, as in history we find, and purchased the ground for to raise that design. Then ordered King Solomon, as he was his son, to finish the building that he had begun. King Solomon, in order to erect that great plan, he numbered all the workmen that was in the land. Seventy thousand to bear burden, he them did reserve. Eighty thousand on the mountain to hew, cut, and carve. Three thousand six hundred he ordered to be the masters of workmen, for to oversee. And if you believe me, I tell you it's true. Clothe them all in the orange and blue. Then straightway to Tyre a letter did send, requesting King Hiram for to be his friend and finding him willing to grant his relief, send a gay cunning craftsman called Hiram Berif. He being a son of a widow of the daughters of Dan, in every particular he acted the man. In all things put to him he did nothing amiss, he exceeded them all in the casting of brass. He cast two great pillars, would dazzle your sight. They were full fifty cubits, he stood them upright, that all Israel might see them, as they went to church, they stood one on each side of King Solomon's porch. He cast two great pillars of immense worth. He spread them forth, their wings for to cover the earth. They stood better there than they would in the field. They were made by Alahabas and great Basileel. And the molten sea thirsty with cubits about, and the brazen oxen without any doubt. And many's the vessel this Hiram did cast, and lots of fine vessels I'm sure we have missed. And the place where he cast them I will explain. It was in a valley they called Jordan's Plain, between Succoth and Zarathan, that place it was found. Those vessels were all cast in that clayey ground. And now the bold craftsmen, the stone did it square, all ready for building before they came there, and on proper carriages they were all brought down, that on the great temple no hammer should sound. They put on the top of that beautiful pile. There were three golden rods, lest the birds should defile, and a place made for worship in his holy name. It was all overlaid with the gold of prevail. When the queen of Sheba, she heard of his fame, she unto King Solomon then instantly came. The report of his wisdom through the nations did pass, for he was King Solomon, the grandson of Jess. When bright Phoebe in the morning her light doth expel, such a beautiful building, I'm sure it looked well. When light stands against light, in three ranks doth shine, such a beautiful temple was ne'er seen in time. Jerusalem is a city of walls great and high, 
It's a wonder to all strangers that do it pass by. I'm sure it's a type of that vision was seen on the Isle of Patmos by John the Divine. When our brethren do meet in a lodge for to shine, each man he is clothed in a garment so fine. And likewise, our master who sits in the chair and rules all our actions by the compass and square. Then come, all my dear brethren, join chorus with me. Here's a health to all Masons that's honest and free. King Solomon's wisdom and Hiram's also. Come, fill up our glass, let us drink, then we'll go. From Ballads and Sea Songs from Nova Scotia, Mackenzie. Building. Brick by brick the Masons builded till the highest cross was gilded, with the glory of the sun till the noble task was done, step by step and one by one. Wall and rafter, roof and spire, men were lifting ever higher, not in some mysterious way with the tasks of every day. Architects may do their dreaming, see their vision turrets gleaming, high above them in the skies, yet the wisdom of the wise cannot make one roof arise. Hearts must sing and hands must labor, man must work beside his neighbor. Brick on brick and toil on toil, building upward from the soil. So we build a lodge or nation on the firmly fixed foundation of a flag or craft or creed. But on top of that we need many a noble thought and deed, day by day and all the seven, building slowly up to heaven, till our lives the lives shall seem of the master builder's dream. Douglas Malak, from A Treasury of Masonic Thought, edited by Carl Glick. This is Brother Michael A. Smith, a voice for Freemasonry. And this has been the Short Talk Bulletin Podcast, produced in cooperation with the Masonic Service Association of North America for the purpose of providing a common stock of vetted Masonic information to all of the constituent lodges of all of the member jurisdictions, and is made possible through a generous grant from the Grand Lodge AFNAM of Minnesota, who have been engaging and inspiring good men who believe in a supreme being to live according to the Masonic tenets of bro-